we have these negativity biases. We know that that can give us the impetus to change, but that which can save you can also kill you. And so if you stay mired in that negativity, that's very uh, fleeting. It's not going to lead to the most sustainable change. And when it comes to life contentment and happiness, anything you can reframe positively is a step in the right direction. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzessi with Tyler Weeb. Today, we're going to talk about negativity. Uh, specifically, I think most people will have heard that humans have a negativity bias. So if there's a way to look at something, most people, most of the time, start with a negative assumption. Really stems from the amygdala and self-protection, fear. I truly believe the greatest motivator, the way to make people act is through fear, if you want them to, if you're being persuasive or manipulative. So on the other side of that... A, I think it helps to be aware, you know, am I unduly thinking of too many things negatively or am I being too self-protective and just, you know, always on guard to my detriment? But there's also a positive side, which is if I know all that stuff, is there a way I can use that to motivate me? And it made me think, I, I heard Tyler, a social psychologist talking on a podcast in the last couple of weeks, and he he really kind of went through a section of my childhood in a way that I had never heard anybody discuss. And it was that at some point in your life as kids and you're looking around and you start being able to compare because the first thing our brains do with any information is compare it. You, we're, we're looking to see if it's true or false. Is it right or wrong? Is it good or bad? We're, we're always gridding through, you know, some kind of a filter like that is that, that first step. And I remember at some point, and I want to say this, this is at least a memory. This may not be the catalyst, but I remember going to a birthday party of like a, I'm in the, maybe I'm in kindergarten, first grade at another child's house, a friend of mine and his father or something was a physician. And they just lived in a mansion, just lived in a mansion. And that was the first time in my life. I felt like, wow, like I'm poor as fuck. Like, I am dirt poor, you know, like this is not how my family lives. And I was just struck with this contrast and I, I can't say it bugged me, but it just, it was the first time I noted something like that. And then later it kind of bled into things like health and health values and those kind of things. And at a very, very, very early age, I started to compare and contrast, and I, I kind of looked at some of the things in my own life and my own family that I just didn't like. And I'm like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to be this. And it was those negative biases, I don't want this, that put me at a very early age on a path. I mean, think of little five-year-old Joey. Um, like, you know, what has made me ambitious, what has made me want to succeed and be competitive and achieve goals. It all starts back then. I'm, this might be a little side note. I'm always surprised at how early you came to these realizations. Like I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of this, you know, not, 
maybe that story specifically, but it always seems for you, it's like, oh, when I was five, you know, this is these realizations I had. It always just kind of like kind of stumps me. Not doesn't stump me, it just surprises me because it doesn't feel like a lot of kids that age would be at that point already. Like it's just a little little yeah. funny side note. But you pay attention like, to Sesame Street. Good lessons yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Bird knows what he's talking about. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think, you know, just like as you were, you know, you were talking there and, you know, talking about those life experiences and, and how those negative, you know, aspects can, you know, maybe turn those into positives or how do those motivate you? And I was just kind of like, you know, really thinking about my whole life and, you know, negative experiences, um, you know, that I've had in a sense of, you know, how we would tell ourselves a lot of negative things and how we are negative bias. And just even for myself, you know, how from an early age, I've always had a negative self-talk, uh, you know, inner flow, if you will, right? Like it's, that's kind of always kind of my self-thought. I never thought I was good enough. I never thought I was smart enough. I never, you know, I never had any of those things. And, you know, those were things that, you know, I very much believed about myself you know, to the point where, you know, I'm probably making up scenarios in my head where I can convince myself that everyone around me is just, you know, faking being nice to me because they feel bad for me. Like it was, it was getting to that point. And, you know, I think, you know, that's also then almost driven me into, you know, this health industry because, you know, I started working out. So I, you know, thought I could look good. I, you know, I thought I could have the confidence. I thought I could have this. And, you know, now as I, you know, work with, you know, just a lot of, you know, gen pop, we just want to, you know, lose a little bit of weight. Guess what I'm coming up with a lot, a lot of negative self-talk. I think, you know, that's something that just very much tends to hold people back, especially when we're talking about body composition, weight training, lift, like there's so many things in most people's lives where they've been shamed by it. And, they're embarrassed by their way that there's so much tied up into it. And so I think, you know, in the same sense for you, you know, you had something that kind of drove you this way where, you know, you can get into that health and now it's become this. And in the same way, you know, it's these negative things that we've kind of had through our lives, you know, have, have we've been able to kind of turn into positives. And so it, it may never feel like it's ever going to turn into a positive when you're kind of going through that. I mean, that was something that, you know, I, I only just recently were like, was able to kind of unshackle from myself and, and, and not have it be the dominant conversation in my head. And, you know, that started probably, you know, in, in grade five, grade six. And so you're talking about a significant portion of your life of having these self-beliefs, these negative self-beliefs. So, you know, pretty cool to still look back though and, and go, okay, like, it's still turned into a positive, but it's like, how do you even get there and be cognizant of, of changing that into that positive? Well, to, to me, that is the whole crux of today's talk, which, you know, we have these negativity, negativity biases. We, we know that that can give us the impetus to change, but that which can save you can also kill you. And so that's where if you stay mired in that negativity and everything is always negative, if you act out of negativity, research also is incredibly clear that that's very uh, fleeting. It's not going to lead to the most sustainable change. And when it comes to life contentment and happiness, 
anything you can reframe positively is a step in the right direction. So for me, uh, you know, for example, I, I'm a complete uh, non-materialist. My goal was never, I want to be in a mansion. It's, I just don't want to be poor. And so my way out of that was just become the first person in my family to go to college. That was it. Once I graduated physical therapist, orthopedic PT, like that's my career. That was it. When I started doing my graduate work in nutrition and so forth, that was from a positive perspective, I just wanted that information. At that point, I was a pro bodybuilder and I'm just loving this. I'm learning. This is fun. I've got the time. Let's like, let's keep going. And so as I have moved forward and reframed some of those negative starting points as positive things that I can do, I have the freedom to do, I'm making the choice to do, that is what has made it a, a sustainable, happy pursuit. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think we've talked about it so much, you know, over the course of this podcast and it's just changing that frame of mind and, and you know, kind of why you were, you know, you were talking, we had talked about this couple podcasts ago and our words that we had for the year. And one of yours had been, you know, opportunity, right. Instead of saying, I have to, you know, with that negative connotation, it's, well, let's change it into a positive connotation of, okay, no, I have that opportunity to. And so, you know, it's just even at that smallest, you know, almost most, like most basic level of starting to like reframe, you know, how we're looking at things and how we're going to react to, you know, whatever may come up. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we can't have negative emotions. We can't, you know, have some self pity. I, you know, I don't think there's necessarily anything, you know, inherently wrong with that. But I think, you know, once it starts to get to a level where it is then really much negatively impacting your life and, you know, whatever you may be pursuing, then then that's when we have to then start to shift that that mind frame and that focus and and that how we, you know, frame and, you know, come approach a, a new situation or any situation. Well, the, the reason I think what you said there is so important I don't know if this is something that's truly measurable, but some people say that 97, 99, the vast majority percentage of our actual brain activity is subconscious. And if what you are thinking about is negative, then I mean, multiply that times 99%. Like that's what's in your brain all the time, even when you're not actively aware of it. And that's what leads to, as we know, disease state and all kinds of things and just further psychological uh, challenges or paralysis. And, and it made me think of Carl Jung because, you know, his name always pops up with with people who love psychology. But as, as a student of Freud, he was very interested in the subconscious. And that's just again, it's hard to prove. It's hard to know what's really there. We can come up with these theories and so forth. But he talked about even almost, you know, through his archetypes, like this stuff is sometimes just genetic. Like your brain is your brain because of what your parents did and what your ancestors did millennia ago, like just layer upon layer upon layer. And I don't know if you're really emanating thoughts based on that, but certainly the hardwiring of your brain, the way hormones and neurotransmitters and so forth react is certainly because of that. And I think the more you can start to rewire some of that yourself, as difficult as it is and 
as much consistency it takes. Like that's why it's so important. The things you work on now actively with the small percent of your conscious mind, it just takes years and years and years and years and years to start regrouping and getting your whole subconscious to flow in that direction. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, to kind of grow onto that, it's, yeah, I, you know, I've been actively going to therapy for, you know, five years and it took, you know, it it probably took three and a half, four years to, for me to finally feel like I had taken a, a big step, right? Like there was plenty of small steps along the way that I could tell, but it took that period of time where it was like, there was a switch in my brain. Like I could feel it. It was just like, Oh, I am a completely different person now. Like it was the weirdest thing. Like I woke up one day and it was just like, Oh, okay. Like this is, this is different. And so it just speaks to that, that grind, you know, that grind it out that, you know, just continue, like, you know, having that desire to, to be better on just a very much like, you know, subconscious internal level. I think like, you know, I kind of look back on it now and it's like, yeah, that had to be the solution for how much, you know, that was a desire of going, I know I can be better. I know that this is not who I am, who I want to be and what I can be. And yeah, you know, it took that long, but I think now that it's like the, you have that perspective, it almost starts to pick up and it almost starts to accelerate and it starts to go boom, boom, boom. And, and I almost find like insights come a lot quicker. Um, you know, I'm a lot more truthful with myself. I'm a lot more honest with myself. I'm a lot more, um, uh, what's the word I want to say? Like, you know, hard, like, no, like, no, like, you know, this rubs you the wrong way, right? Like, you have to do this because you know that this is the right way internally. So yeah, it, it might seem like it's taking forever. And I'm sure for everybody it's different depending on their context, their life, what they're going through. Obviously some are going to have a lot more negative than others, but once you kind of do get there, yeah, it, it just, with my experience, it just kind of starts to tend to uh, accelerate. And there, is, I mean, you brought up a point that I didn't even consider, but it's so perfect for this in that, you know, we always like to think of our brain as this, you know, we don't think of it as an organ. We don't think of it like, wow, that's like a muscle or it's like a kidney. It's like it does things. It's completely subject to its physical environment. But like anything that we would know as a physical metaphor from bodybuilding, weight training, you know, the reps, the strengthening, you you said it gets easier, it accelerates, things start to click. You see that in your clients who, you know, they come in the first time, maybe they can't even get a squat. They can't spatially even get their, they don't even know where their arms and legs are. And then all of a sudden, it that automaticity of like, boom, they just grooved it in. But how long did that take? And to your point with your brain being a physical organ, those things are changing slowly over time. And eventually, you know, I think you saying four or five years, that's, I think that's a really good amount of time. You, you could say neuroplasticity takes six, nine, 12 months, but to really become integrated into who you are, it takes that long. And you have to know if I want to be this person, I've got to do this amount of work. I've got to be consistent and I will become that person eventually. 
and my eye is on the prize. I'm, I'm there mentally. I'm trying, but until that final flip of the switch occurs, as you described it, like it's, it's still kind of a bit of trust. Like I'm still doing the work. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you and I both know it happens. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of back and forth and I just, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how many times I, I would say to staff, I'm like, when is this going to get better? Like, I just, it was like, I don't know how long I can keep doing this. Like just with just all the negative associations by depression, anxiety, like it was, you know, so many, I'd have great weeks and then it'd be horrible. And it's, you know, it, it can be difficult to continue to want to work because it can feel like you're spinning your wheels at times and it isn't going to get better and you aren't going to, you know, make that breakthrough. And, you know, <laughs> just even tie it back to like weight training. I kind of feel like it's the same thing with like, you know, about to hit a PR or, you know, looking to build a little bit of muscle or you're dieting and, and things are just a little stuck and you're just grinding, grinding, grinding. And it's like, you know, as you're doing that, it's like the, the closer you're getting to like that breakthrough and, and you're getting towards that point where it's like, oh, okay. Like you can now look back and go, that was worth it. And that was working. And now I can trust the process, not just in a faith sense, but in a, you know, more realistic sense of like, okay, I've seen what that actually does despite going through all of that negativity, look at where things are at now. You know, you commented that I seem to at an early age had some self-awareness that other kids may not have. Sometimes we look at kids like that and say that person's an old soul. Like how is this five or 10 year old like so mature and yeah. forward thinking. Um, I honestly think part of it is the ability at a young age or now, well, you know, you're in your thirties, I'm in my fifties to have the maturity to say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it can. And I know objectively the hardware is there cerebrally, hormonally. I just have to do the work. It's, you know, I always tell people starting a bachelor's degree is the hardest degree you'll ever do because it's so freaking long. Like you're telling me you got to go to class the first day and then four years later, you're still doing this. Yeah. The first two years are spent doing English and, uh, you know, all of your prereqs. <laughs> but you did it. But you did it. Yeah. yeah. And you got through it. And then the benefits were there. And yeah. with self change, like the negativity, you brought up anxiety, depression, and just like, why, why, why? Like, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. I'm not where I want to be. If you can have that long game perspective that, okay, I'm not, I get it. I'm not, but I've got 40 more years of my career. I've got 60 more years of my life. It's like, I'm going to, I can look around me at other people who have run this race before. And I say, okay, like they, they seem to have a life I want. I'm going to do what they did. I know that's kind of an axiom that people say, if, if you want what somebody has, do what they did to get it. But I've done that my whole life. Like I have played that long game. I've looked at people say, oh, that's how they did that. I'll, I'll do the work. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll grind it out. I'll get there. And all of a sudden, you know, you're there that, that day arrives and you've done the work and you've achieved what you wanted to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. For how, for how long it is, it's still kind of that, that blink of an eye too. Right. And it's having that, that double perspective of, yeah, what do I need to do in the moment and, and all of that, but then keeping that eye on the future of, okay, like this is what so-and-so is doing. So yeah, I think that's, it's the, that, that duality of, of long and short, the, 
the you know the the fear of death you know fear of loss of autonomy you know it's all kind of just broiled in there and you know for myself like i have just found the more objective viewpoint that i can have and the more i can learn you know about the hardware and, and the reality of what you know we're capable of doing as human beings it's that almost like you just gain more confidence in the power that you have to to change and to control things and to you know do x whatever it might be and so i think just <laughs> knowledge is power and, and like you know as cheesy as that might be you know said sometimes it, it truly is and you know i think it just it, it can give and lend so much confidence to you know what you're trying to do and and, and just having that objective viewpoint well, and having known you the amount of years I have, I've seen you literally take all of those steps and I've seen you grow. And the night I met you in downtown Columbus, Ohio, in uh, restaurants, Longhorn or something, yeah, first time <laughs> yeah. to where we are now, a lot of life has happened. And here we are. And you've made the decisions to do work to get yourself into a better, better place as a person, as a husband, as a father, as a coach. Um, you know, you, you're doing the work and it doesn't always feel like you're getting there, but you it will doesn't you feel like enough <laughs> be in the blink of an eye and you're there. So yeah. as a way to cap this conversation, let negativity impact you, feel it so you know you don't want to be there. And then frame that in the most positive sense. This is what I don't like. This is what I don't want. So here are the positive steps I'm going to take to make sure I don't stay there. And I think that's, it's just the, it's just the path that leads out. And even though it's not always instantaneous, it it is your only path forward. So Awesome, Tyler. Appreciate you as always. Great inputs. And you guys who watch us in the Mind Muscle Connection, we will see you next time. And until then, just make sure you are moving forward. Just one step at a time, one day at a time, one positive thought at a time.